Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. lovely and welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host Danny, and I cannot wait to get stuck into today's story but before I do I want to give a quick shout out to username Steph underscore O who left me a beautiful five-star review and comment over on the iTunes podcast app. She says a five-star listen. What you have created is such an incredible tool for women bringing women together and creating a safe space to talk about taboo subjects and explore real feelings. I'm not a mummy yet, but I am learning pretty damn quick with Danny and her amazing guests. So easy to listen to, real, emotional, funny, all the feels. Thank you so much, Steph. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave that comment and leave such beautiful words. That means, honestly, so much to me. If you would like to do the same, you can jump on over to the podcast app and leave a rating and a review so you can let other listeners know what they're in for. And if you have not done so already, please make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Now, today's guest is more widely known for her health and wellness Instagram. However, today we are going to explore her pregnancy and her birth journey and how both of these experiences impacted on her ability to connect with her child after birth. Now, there is some amazing advice and conversation in today's discussion, but if you have had a traumatic pregnancy or birth experience, perhaps there's some sensitive content in here that may not be something you're ready for. If that's the case, as always, feel free to sit this one out. But for the rest of us, let's sit down, have a chat and explore something that we don't really talk about. Today's mama is really just a delight. She shares the ups and downs of motherhood with her three beautiful children, all the while inspiring women with her show me how you healthy message. Welcome to the wonderful Alice Bingham. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to be here chatting with you. I know. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Now, look, there are lots of things that you and I could focus on today, but we're actually going to discuss a few things surrounding your youngest child, Lottie, and in particular, um, your connection with her and your experience with your birth. Now, you have spoken about your pregnancy and your birth with her, so I don't want to delve too deep into all of that. Um, But just as a general overview, can you give me a bit of an understanding of your experience in case someone's not familiar with your story? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'll try and make it as quick as possible. Um, It's quite a bit of a journey. You go as deep Uh, as you need. That's fine. (laughs) Um, Well, during, I'll just touch base quickly on my pregnancy with Lottie. Um, We had a few little scares of Down syndrome and it was quite late 
in my pregnancy. So this was something that I kept completely private until we had um, Lottie post-birth, but we thought we thought at one stage that we were having a bub with Down syndrome, but we were, we found out before I had we had Lottie that yeah she was she was okay and yeah but we were mentally preparing ourselves to have a bub and we were going to go ahead and have her. Um, so what, yeah, so that where was, did that come <laughs> from? Like how uh, how was, was that so late? It was a bit of miscommunication because I had Lottie was breech. So we had, and I have, you can see them, but your followers can be, I have bed pinkies and it's quite an old, like, it's kind of like an old marking that doctors used to look at. So we've all got like bent fingers in my family and, um, yeah, so she has these as well. Wow. Yes. (laughs) So it was that, and she was like missing a little joint in her fingers, which is markings they looked for a long time ago. Like it's not so much. So it was a doctor that had picked it up from, from his old training, I guess. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people that weren't worried about it, but yeah. So, so we were like, yes, you need to have the test and then it would go to, no, you don't have to, like, it's not something we worry about anymore. You've had all these tests that have all shown up fine to, again, because I was to and from different hospitals with my care, I went via the public system, which overall they were pretty amazing. I work in the public system myself Mm -hmm. as a nurse and yeah, it was just a miscommunication. So there was a stage at 33 weeks where I had an amniocentesis and the reason why, because we weren't a hundred percent sure if we were going to have a bub with Down syndrome or not, but we needed to confirm it for sure. So there was those there was a period where we were sitting there thinking, yes, we're going to have a bub with Down syndrome. We were talking about it. And obviously being that late in the pregnancy, we were, you know, even if it was earlier, Dave and I were discussing that we would have kept the baby anyway. Mm. But yeah, so that was all very overwhelming with our cheeky third child. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So anyway, we found out, um, well, because Lottie was a prem, like we found out not long just before her birth that she was she didn't have down syndrome and yeah so that we found out that and then I was still at work at 35 weeks <laughs> scrub nurse and I went to work that day feeling I don't know if if you're following I'm sure lots of mums drink coffee yeah sometimes you have a coffee and you get this weird feeling and you're like I don't know, like you feel like your heart is racing sometimes and you're like, is it the coffee that I've been drinking? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not definitely, sure. Definitely. Yeah, you're like, oh, am I really like stressed about something? Like just something didn't feel right in my body. And yeah, so I was there at work and I had to run, I took a patient out to recovery and I said to the nurse, you need to check me. Like my heart feels like it's racing. I feel like I need to vomit. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I don't feel like me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I went to ED. My The hospital I work at is not a um, pediatric hospital, so it's adults only. So they were, rushed me back to the hospital where I was receiving my care. And they, yeah, that's when I was seen by a cardiologist there as well as getting checked antenatally. And then Lottie decided it was time to come too oh, during all these things. So nice of her. <laughs> yeah, she's like, okay, mum's going through all this stuff. They thought that I had a blood clot on my lung as well. So th- this was all happening 
we were like, it's so not prepared. <laughs> so yeah, that all happened. And they were going to do a C-section because they don't deliver breech babies at the hospital that I was at. Right. Um, so yeah, so they didn't deliver a breech ba- baby um, vaginally. So they were like, we're going to do a C-section and lo- looks like you- your bub is also coming at the same time. And that didn't turn out to plan because my labor was like full blown. They found out that um, like the way she was positioned breached. They still had no idea if I had a blood clot and they were like, you're not safe to be here at this hospital. We don't have an ICU here. We're going to have to transfer you to the city. So I got to go in an ambulance, which was like with sirens. Oh, <laughs> and, like and a child dream. Going, She's going to have the baby in the ambulance. I'm like, I'm going to be that person. <laughs> On the news yeah. side of the yeah, road. I was yep. like, this is so cool. Like I was in an ambulance. No, it wasn't at the time, but yeah. But then she started to slow down the labor a, like, a little bit. And when I got to the big hospital, they were like, they, I ended up, they were like, do you want to try for a breech labor? Like, we're quite happy with Bob's position. Let's try it. Give this a go. And we still weren't sure because she was, um, it was 34, nine, 34, nine weeks. So they were still like, this could all turn around. Your waters hadn't broken and we don't want to put your body in distress with the blood clot too. Mm. So they were a lot more experienced with, they had like these really experienced consultants, obstetricians that were like, let's keep Bob there. Just keep laboring slowly and we'll go from there. So yeah, 20 hours later, my waters broke. Everything just went a little bit pear-shaped from there as well. <laughs> she's very cheeky. She's quite chilled now. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, she, she was... is so chilled. And those cheeks, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, we ended up having to go down the path of emergency C-section. Um, pretty much for my health, not because of the breach, but for my health. Um, and, yeah, we had that and had ended up having this is probably the main thing what we're going to be speaking about today Mm. the spinal didn't work for me and this is not common for a lot of people but for me and being a theater nurse the anesthetic doctor was so embarrassed he was like pressure you work in this area and I was like yeah it just uh, the spinal didn't work and I had to be put to sleep um so I and I was like to my husband please please can you stay with Lottie like yeah and he's like I can't be in here because you're having a general yeah so I just I feel like I went to sleep knowing that and this is something that kind of got me a little bit of controversy saying this is that my bub was kind of brought into this world by strangers and I didn't mean that the team that I didn't trust the team or like I was there but obviously I was asleep Mm. but people got a bit upset at the term that I said that but you know, mum or dad weren't there in the room, like with my other births, is that's how I was trying to put it across. Of course. Well, you're there, but you're yeah. not actually present yeah, because you're not conscious. Yeah. So, of yeah. course, you know, her first entrance to the world is with people who yeah. aren't her family. Yeah. Like, I have a few iPhone photos, and which is amazing and have been an absolute blessing that the midwife was able to take them in an emergency Caesar. But, yeah, and... There was times like that Dave couldn't be in there and she wasn't really born breathing and I was losing, I lost quite a few litres of blood and they were talking about blood transfusions because lots of, this birth was just out of this world for me. And, And I mean a general birth, a natural birth is so many things are going on, like vaginal births or even I've seen that many elective C-sections being a scrub nurse. Like I know that it's, there's so many emotions for everyone and each experience is different, but this was just 
quite traumatic, everything that happened. But I would say like even everything that I went through, the hardest thing for me was knowing that I didn't get to pull her on my chest and Mm -hmm. really struggled. I couldn't shake it, shake it off. And it makes me really upset. See, I told you I'm going to cry on That's why there's tissues. <laughs> I have a tendency of yeah. this happening. But and just, just to get an understanding so you yep. can catch your breath, yeah. from from the time when they put you out to yeah. the time that they delivered her, how long were you still asleep for? So it was two and a half hours before I got her wow. in my chest. Yeah. So that was a big thing because... You know, like with my other two children, I was able to pop them and just like even birth was, I I really struggled with the pain in birth. But when you put that bub on your chest, I was like, holy, like, and you're shaking, you're like, I have a baby. Like, but seeing and hearing all the story of how she came in the world by other people and Mm. different doctors and nurses coming in the next day. And yeah, it was just, it was for me still, like I'm still dealing with it. I'm, I'm not over it yet. And, and it's not because I don't see Lottie as a blessing and I'm not ungrateful or anything like that. But for me, having that whole situation happen to me, I'm still working on it personally myself. Of like, course. And coming to terms with some of the things that I, you can't help your emotions the way you feel. Absolutely yeah. not. So, and I think motherhood and pregnancy and birth is such a yeah. personal journey. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I've heard said before, well, if it happens to you, you know, yeah. someone might have a an emergency Caesar when they were yeah. planning on a natural birth. And for yeah. them, that might be the yeah. worst thing in the world. Yeah. So you can't judge because, yeah. you know, and everyone's someone different. would be, you know, and even someone that really would love to have a C-section, like that's okay for them because that's their journey. Absolutely. And I, and I was actually mentally preparing myself for an elective Caesar because of um, her being breech. Mm. And it depended on the way that she was sitting breech because my baby's always sat weird in my tummy, but the way she was, a lot of consultants and obstetricians were like, oh, this is at the moment the way she is, we're going to go down the elective Caesar mm-hmm. path. And because I had Cruz at 37 weeks and Winnie at 39, they were looking at maybe like 38 weeks to do an elective. Sure. And yeah, I was upside down on couches doing the <laughs> thing, Googling how to spin your baby and doing acupuncture and you name it. I was trying. <laughs> but... I was like, you know, if I have to, if I have to have an elective, I'm just happy to bring our baby into this world. Like it's still a birth yeah. and, and people put a lot of pressure on themselves for that. If, if they have to go down that path or, and, or they might shy off from sharing that situation Mm. on how they want to birth their baby because they're worried about how another mother might judge them. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and that's actually, it's such a real thing because everybody's got an opinion and, um, unfortunately not everybody keeps them to themselves. Yeah. Um, obviously going through, it's quite a traumatic pregnancy and then birth experience and then, you know, feeling like you've missed that time to connect with her. What was it like when you were able to take her home? How did you adjust? We ended up being in hospital for seven days after and that was because of my heart like they kept testing my heart my heart rate would still not go down but I got to a point because because the hospital where I was going is 
It was about 40 minutes drive for my family to, to drive there. It was unexpected. So no one was like taking time off to come and support because yes. it was that even my husband was still, we meant to be going back to work the next day. And, <laughs> you know, things we had to juggle because we've got two children at home too. So I had all these emotions. I just need to get home. I need to get home to be there for my family, to work all this out. Even though I was having amazing support from people, I was like, I need to go home. But by day seven and having, cause she was taken off me quite a lot because our whole breastfeeding journey was again, quite a struggle um, because her blood sugar would drop every time I would actually put her on the boob to breastfeed. So we oh, had to wow. do quite a different technique with her where I had to pump. And this would, this was on a three hour schedule. I had to pump. I had to then breastfeed her for 10 minutes only. That's all I was allowed to do. And then I would have to bottle feed her. Then I would have to put her down and then do the whole pumping thing again. And and then meanwhile being dragged off in that seven days to um, lots of appointments because they also look after adults at the hospital. I was at the Royal. They were, they were amazing in Brisbane. And they also have care for adults there. So I was also having lots of scans on my heart. I had heart monitor and all this. So even holding her on my chest was quite hard because I was... I had like a drip and I had all these things on my chest monitoring my heart, which would we were worried if it was picking up the bub's heart rate every time. So it was a whole week of feeling not like I really got that connection. Yeah. And because with my other two children, I was able to pop them on the chest, pop, and they were like, found the boob. And it definitely was not as easy as that. But, but yeah, popping them on the boob. And then with Lottie, it was like, oh, sorry, you can't feed her. It's got to do this bottle feed and... It was just, yeah, it was a whirlwind. So it's very regulated in yeah. terms of so go- your experience with yeah. her. And so. going home, I thought this connection is going to get better because we're going home. I don't have the leads on my chest anymore and we're gonna, I'm going to be able to pick her up. But then having two other young children, like Cruz was, wasn't even three and a half and Winter was, Winter was just, oh, yeah, she was 18 just under 18 months. So I had two young children mm. and then still having to do pumping, feeding. I have to put her down and then also recover from a C-section and still have to worry if I had a blood clot as well. So all of that was playing on my mind that I feel like I didn't get the opportunity to connect with Lottie. Because you were too damn beginning. exhausted. My yeah. God. Emotionally. Like, and physically, I'm yeah. sure as oh, well. Physically, I was blown I was texting friends and as you do you're like dot to google all your friends you're like <laughs> how long till I can stand up after a c-section without fainting and having blood transfusion iron transfusion like all of that my body's still coming to repair it it's exhausted anyway yeah and thinking oh I was meant to go back to work today but here I am so I had all this thing and and sometimes I don't think it is the world's pressure you put so much pressure on yourself to mm. do all these things then I struggled, I guess, struggled with my own pressures and expectations of what I'd be able to do when I got home. That 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 alone was also taking away that connection with body. Yeah. Yeah. So massively. Yeah. And then dealing with my <laughs> my other two siblings welcoming a bub at home too. So, which, which is, is a huge transition yeah. in itself. Yeah. And then obviously having that those demands as well that yeah. just adds a whole another level yeah. of pressure. Yeah. When was it that you realized that? okay this connection is Um, not developing the way it should be okay well this this is the wonderful world of social media um I know there's a lot of people can get 
it can get a bit of a negative outlet, but it was one of my followers actually, because I've always been an oversharer and I still managed to share. I took, I took a few days, but I still managed to share and was like, I'm really not coping. Um, and this is what we're doing. And obviously you get lots of wonderful people that would love to help you and they share their experiences with you too. But this one person in this one comment really resonated saying, Alice, I think you need to go and talk to someone you, or you need to seek help or you just need go and chat to someone that's not in your bubble even because I found wow. her okay. And she's like, just go and chat to someone and see if that helps. And so I spoke to my, my GP and I don't know. He's like, Oh, this is all normal. Alice, like, you're meant to be crying. You've got baby blues. And I think it got to like week four when I slowly started to stop having to do that timely pumping. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I had, she, she, we had a lot of stresses. Like she didn't get back to her birth weight for a few weeks after birth. So she dropped quite a lot. And then being prem, there was like pressure of, you've got to go back to hospital. You've got to go back to hospital. She'll have to be readmitted. And so there was a lot of that going on and so it took me about four weeks and then someone commented on my page was like, you really should go talk to someone. And did you, when you read that, how did you take it? Because it's easy, you know, to, I didn't think much of it to begin with when I yeah. first read it. I didn't, okay. it res as you get up feeding in the middle of the night, I was sitting there pumping and I was thinking, and I'm like, I was thinking about how wonderful actually this community has been to me and so supportive and people that have these genuine people that have followed me since before I even had, before I was not pregnant, like when I just found out I was pregnant with Cruz, I've had these wonderful women follow me this whole time. But there was this one lady that was absolutely a complete, like, I still don't know if she follows me because I just remember her particular comment mm-hmm. and she's not someone that, is regularly engaging. She could be watching. She could be listening right now. But this one person, I just kept reading those like in my head. And I was like, I think I actually do. And then it took me a lot because Dave kept, Dave said, Alice, are you sure you're okay? Like, are you not coping? Like you're crying every single day. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, I'm really worried about you. He's yeah. like, I'm really worried about you. And you're kind of shutting everything. I know I was still recovering, but I didn't want to leave my room. I didn't want to go out and do a lot of things. I know I was still putting pressure on, like, on myself to do a lot of other things in my life, or I would use other things to cover up. Like, like I don't know. I was just trying to just fill my mind up with other things so I didn't have to deal with it in the beginning. Mm. But then once I opened up and had this huge cry of Dave, he's like, go to the doctor. The doctor was like, it's a normal thing. And I was like, it's not a normal thing. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I had baby blues after my other children. Like, this is not, this is not, doesn't feel right for me to be feeling this low when I have these three beautiful children in front of me, an amazing husband and everyone that has pulled through to try and help us through these last four weeks. And I actually was about to go back to my GP and say, look, this is not right. Um, because you have a right as a, as if you don't feel right, you have a right to be able to ask to speak to somebody, yes. a psychiatrist or whatnot. And this wonderful lady, she is in her 70s. Her daughter contacted me. Um, she's working here in Brisbane a lot with the MARTA at the moment. And her, you may have heard of her. You may have even been taught it if you're from Brisbane. But it's called the Thompson Method. And her name's Robin Thompson. And she, she's done like 300 home births. And she's been, oh, she's worked for years in women and birthing. And she's a breastfeeding consultant now. And she's done her PhD. And she looked at my whole thing and she goes... Because she initially came to see me as a lactation, well, 
kind of like breastfeeding consult. Yep. And she looked at me and she sat, she sat on the couch and she's like, okay, the reason why, like, she's like, one, you're not feeding your baby, Alice. She's like, you're not feeding your baby. You're giving it the bottle, which is, you know, that's fine. That's what you've been told to do. You've got all these things going on. You've had all this journey of your birth that you haven't dealt with mm-hmm. and you're still trying to concentrate on, um, on picking it. She goes, but you need to actually sit and open up and talk to someone. And she's like, let me see if I can see what I, what I can do. I've got connections around here. Um, you can talk to me. My couch is always open. I don't know you personally. So I started in the beginning, I just started speaking to her like mm-hmm. one once a week and which I was now looking back, I'm very grateful. This woman is very hard to get into and see, and she's got an amazing community behind her. But yeah, she found me a doctor to sit in, like a professional to talk to. But I did that, but I feel like I need to go back and do it. Like, I well, feel like it's creeping back up on me again now. Yeah. I've rebuilt my connection with Lottie and, and you know, and someone could go through the same journey as me and feel connected with their baby straight away. But for me, I, yeah, like bringing it up, I start crying instantly saying that mm. I didn't see her born. So, yeah, which is obviously still impacting you. Oh, big time. When you were having these discussions with her, what... Yeah. What were you talking about? What kind of questions was she asking? Um, well, like, because I am, I am, and I know, and I it, people do portray, I do portray this online because it, it, I generally am a very positive. And I'm like, it's all right. Well, everything's going to work out. I'm very grateful. I practice a lot of gratitude, but I found I wasn't really doing that. I wasn't doing my usual patterns. Mm. So she was like saying, oh, you know, are you feeling a bit sad, more sad than usual? Like, are you... Like, how did you feel after your other two births in the, at this stage? She goes, I know it's a completely different situation, but think of yourself, like, say, like, when you were getting up to your baby in the night, are you getting upset? Or do you feel like you don't want to get up and deal with your family or be present at home? Or, or when you're picking up Lottie, like, is there, do you have some, I don't know, like, at times I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to pick you up again and do this all process yeah. again. And... And I feel really guilty for thinking those thoughts. And I get really sad about it now. But at the time, like, I actually was feeling like that. I was like, oh, I've got to pick you up and feed you again. And I've got to go through all this stuff again. And, which it, which would be completely normal. But for her, this lady sitting on my couch, she's like, oh, there's so many women go yeah. through this. And you absolutely are not alone. But you, we, owe, we just don't talk about it as much. I'm seeing amazing women online or in the public eye now that are opening up about this but yeah you still have pressure on yourself to be that amazing mom that you can't help I think that's part of the problem and it's like you touched on before some of it comes from yourself and and other parts of it comes from people surrounding you yeah do you feel like because of everything that you went through yeah that there was the the connection was difficult because there was somewhat of a resentment towards Lottie in that sense I wouldn't I would never say I actually resented her. I would never say that, but I did like there was a lot of times where I was like, oh, what now? Like especially with all that everything starting with um having to look at our life with a child with down syndrome. Like like I said, we would have kept Lottie no matter what, and I had no idea she was going to be a little girl. She was our surprise, but we were you know, we were dealing with all the emotion behind that of Mm. how our life was going to change or how it might not change. 
but we were going through that and then everything with her birth and then like it was just for me it was one thing after another and I was like oh really and then at that stage as well when I was finally working out that yeah I can breastfeed her Lottie gets Lottie is a bub that's colicky reflux and every time I would feed her I would get like these big vomits then so then I'd be like oh my god really like another thing now yeah yeah and it was more feelings like that like it yeah like and and I feel like it wasn't taken out I'd never like took it out on her but I felt like I was holding on to those emotions of course and saying and my husband is the most calm calmest person ever like I don't stop talking he's the quiet one (laughs) (laughs) it actually works perfectly yeah I was like yeah so like he for me he was just like and I wasn't my usual bubbly self. I wasn't like, I wasn't talking much anymore. And he's like, he really did pick up on it. Mm. And yeah. And I really struggled to even say these things out loud. Some of that stuff I just said is the first time that I have said out loud besides mm. speaking to Robin or the doctor. So I think it's so important that you did mm. though. And I think actually saying, you know, and, and touching on the fact that there, it's not that you're resenting her or holding things against her intentionally, mm. but you've got these feelings yeah. which are completely normal yeah. because of what you've been through. And it doesn't mean that you love yeah. your child any less. It's the same yeah. as somebody saying... it doesn't saying, mean you're not ungrateful for them being here or not either. Like you would give them anything to have them in your arms and be, you know... Absolutely. Yeah, and to have them here and with you. So. You look at mothers who go through horrendous morning sickness, who yeah. have such to to an extent Mm. um anger towards this unborn child because they're causing all this pain but it's not a reflection of the love and the connection that That you have with the child or that you can have but it's it's important to acknowledge it because it can hinder that connection yeah but yeah so it did take a little while like if anyone sees me now, like even my mother-in-law's like, your mommy doesn't put you down. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, she never puts you down. But I'm like, so like she's been in the bassinet, which is now in her room, but six months. I'm like, you're never leaving me. Yeah, but, but I feel now as well sometimes that I feel, and I, I shouldn't feel like this, but I feel like I owe it to her to be there for her so much as well. Yeah. Like she... Like, I love all three of my children, but I'm definitely a lot more clingy. I'm the eldest of eight children, and Cruz and Winter were passed around between my family. Like, here, take, can I hold Cruz? Can I hold Winnie? And I'm like, there's always someone wanting to hold the baby. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But for her, and she knows it too, like, if she goes to family, I was saying earlier, anybody, they sometimes just start crying unless it's me. She just starts crying. It's like she loves this connection that we have. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't know. They are really wiser. Like, like yeah, she's – I really do struggle to put her down now. And I'm like, I, I'm I think so that's getting... a nice thing. It's yeah. a reflection of, you know, how far you've come and what yeah. you've gone through. And yeah. she can obviously sense that yeah. too. And yeah. you don't need to put her down. That'll yeah. be, but she'll, there'll be plenty of years and where I she's have, running away from you. I have this, these beautiful women online that reached out to me and their children went to special care. It was one lady had a bub at 28 weeks. But she said that she had this amazing bond with her child straight away. Like she, but that was, that's, that was her journey and that was okay. And I don't have to, I know now that I don't have to compare myself to that lady. I'm so happy for that woman that she was able to have that. And for me, I couldn't figure out in my head why. I was like, why can I not like, why can I not just feel like I did with my other kids with her and 
Yeah, but I feel like I just had so much going on. Of course. Yeah. yeah, and I don't stop. I'm a person that's up at this, as people know. I'm like, <laughs> right, let's get up and do our walk. I push the two kids and one in the baby <laughs> carry around the block. And I'm like, oh, my God, do you ever stop? I'm like, I know. But I'm finding a lot more that I can't keep keeping myself going. I have to sit and really work through these things. So, yes. Like I'm, I've, I've been writing a journal about it when I start to feel these emotions and working on some strategies on how I can, yeah. But I do think that at times those anxious feelings are starting to creep back in surrounding everything to do with Lottie's birth and, and also the guilt, the mum guilt that comes with not being okay with some of the things that, you know, that some of the things I was thinking in my head. Yeah. Like with Lottie going, oh my God, I don't have to do this again. It's like 2 a.m. I'm so tired. I'm meant to be healing from an operation, but I'm pumping. And it's never really anything I ever said to her, but I was feeling it in here. Of and, course. Which yeah. I, I felt that connect, if that makes sense, in that sort of connection. So Absolutely. I yeah. think though, again, yeah. that is normal. And and that's, mm. that's something that mothers can feel irrespective of their birth you know yeah. it could be a completely fine and beautiful yeah. birth but yeah you know that there's this little person who comes in and shakes up your world yeah. and you yeah. no longer get to be yeah. just that person who looks after you yeah. you have to yeah. look after them and sometimes that can be a difficult well, transition even like with my first like with cruisy like sometimes like when you're a first time mom and you're like does this baby really cry all night long <laughs> when does it end and daddy has to go to work at 4 30 so it's got to be me that's got to go in and get you but like you know like and sometimes you have those kind of feelings then like mm. it was or even now as a toddler you're like why did you just do that <laughs> you know I'm gonna have to do this this and this to clean that up but yeah but I feel like it was just a like I do I would do we do do that every day but it was just those feelings were a lot more stronger this Amplified. time around and exactly yeah yeah and I feel like this connection did take a few months between Lottie and I to really for me to really say okay I can know who my baby is now I'm starting mm-hmm. to figure you out a bit more now because I feel like I didn't allow myself to do that as much because I was kind of focused on everything that happened mm-hmm. and or oh, not another thing not another thing and that's not normally me as a person so it yeah it was a big yeah it was a reflection of your experience yeah um so you said before that you were going to seek some help again yeah what does that look like or what's your plan well for that? I've only been picking this up with myself recently that I think I'm going to have to go and work. Um, cause I, I do like, I have like, I have quite vivid dreams at the moment. Like I, I keep, my birth keeps coming back to me in my mind and, and, um, yeah, I still struggle every time someone asks and I say that she was born by a general, which, you know, I'm so blessed that we are both here and it's okay, but mm-hmm. I still, feel really sad about the point that I wasn't there and I can be quite hard on myself that I wasn't and even Dave like he was able to be there after she started breathing and they'd done what they had to do but yeah like even Dave was kind of like rushed to the nursery because she was five weeks early as well was like rushed there and and then he was I I always feel bad that I wasn't there for him like he would have been sitting because I am a recovery nurse I know exactly what happens like when the dad can't be in the room and I feel bad for not even being there for him with with him worrying about Alice has been put to sleep and then when they had to ask about the the transfusion and him having to make all these decisions without me but I guess again that's pressure on myself that I'm doing and I feel like 
I'm just allowing it to creep back in again. And I feel like I need to go back and talk to someone about it and maybe even go even a little deeper into why I'm allowing this, these thoughts and stuff to come back. And it's probably something that will might come back and I may get upset about mm. um, for a long time. And we are planning. I really, we said we always would love four children and I really, really in my heart would still love to have one more baby. And I don't, really want all this stuff to it it will I'm sure it will at times but I don't really want it all to flood my emotions then yep. if it it is a path that we decide to go down to so absolutely I, I, I think you your mindset around it is the right thing yeah um that you know addressing it the best yep. way that you can yep. what would your advice be for anybody who is struggling post-birth yep. what would you have done differently um I think I would have because the hospital actually offers count, count like you can actually ask if it, I'm sure in private it's the same that you they, they they did constantly ask me if I was okay in mm-hmm. hospital because I think the midwives were starting to notice as well and be be okay with not being okay like go and just put your hand up and you don't have to be uh, you don't have to put that pressure on yourself to be okay and show up for everyone. Like, yes, you ha- you are now in charge of another little life or it might be your first bub, no matter how they come in and it could be overwhelming or it could be a year later when you're starting to go through these feelings as a mum about anything. Like it might not be about a connection with a baby, but other things might be happening in your life. But I feel like you need to just be okay with it and just know that you're not alone and other people are seeking help. And probably most people around you are looking at looking, you know, I wish I would have just been okay with getting help earlier on instead of covering it up and be like, no, you'll be fine. These feelings aren't really something that, you know, it'll go away tomorrow. It's just, you know, and kind of like what my GP did say, he's like, Oh, it's just the baby blues. And I was like, okay, and I wish, I wish I knew in my heart when he said that, that that wasn't right. I wish mm. I just started then and maybe I would have been able to build that bond with Lottie a bit earlier, but yeah. And there was some really special times that I had with Lottie, but yeah. And open up to someone. It doesn't have to be someone close to you. It might be someone that's close to you, but let people know around you that you're not coping. Yeah. I said no to a lot of help because I tried to, I tried to be okay with just recovering from a c-section looking after my three children um when my husband went back to work and there was times there where I was like well if you didn't ask for help no one's going to know that you need it as well and just getting on with went back to like work on my blog and tried to feel like oh just get your life back to the way it is and it'll go away but as like I'm living proof that those feelings don't just go away. Yeah, <laughs> still here. Yeah. So and we have a tendency to do that. You know, yeah. we're we're constantly yeah. juggling all the balls, and yeah. we don't want to ask for help because we mm. feel like it's a sign of weakness, or we yeah. should be able to do yeah. it. But or you think other people have got a worse off life than me? It's okay. Yeah. And yeah, that is true. There is there is people in this world that are worse off, but yours you still have to live with you know the things that you're hearing, these thoughts that you go through, and you still need to work through that because, yeah, you can't be the best version of yourself. You can't if you aren't starting to, you know, put yourself first in some areas. And Absolutely. I definitely wish I opened up a bit earlier and or told Dave that, yeah, okay, the GP did say that, but I wish I would have just went straight back in that room and said, look, I'm not okay. Yeah. And I don't even know if I even might have put on a bit of a front myself 
for him to go, oh, no, you're okay. Like, I don't really feel like I opened up because I was like, you know, he's my local GP. He's known me for a long time. And I was like, I don't want him to think that, you yeah. know. <laughs> it's that vulnerability, which, yeah. is, which is really scary, yeah. but it's, it's important. What would your advice be to a partner or a friend trying to Thing? support someone? Yep. Yeah. Maybe I feel like it's okay for them to say like or whoever like just or your sister to your mom just mention just say hey it looks like you choose your words wisely because sometimes people don't like that to hear that they're not coping yes but maybe just pop over and just sit or if it might be a partner just say hey can we talk later and I just ask them if they're okay and is there anything you can do to help out or you know just even I'm so grateful for the the meals that people just dropped over and that's oh, just for that any general general yeah. like a meal or I had a best friend that was at the door like I wasn't I was in hospital at the time and she dropped over this beautiful bag of just food for my to feed my other kids <laughs> for like the week that I was in hospital so that Dave could just like kind of come home cook the give them that those meals why he would then go up to the hospital to come and meet me every day so love her yeah but just just simple little things but if you're noticing that your friends or partner is going really down just say hey do you want me to come with you I'll come with you to the doctor you don't have to go in and just mention it or reach out them those midwives that are coming to your house like uh, sometimes they come a few days after like I wish I didn't say that I was okay when I wasn't like but if you if you're there as a partner, maybe you could even mention something to them and just say, "Look, is there anything I can do to support her?" Because we all get brochures, but sometimes I don't. I don't really. I'm honest. I didn't read all the brochures no. about all the extra help that you can get. Well, if you don't feel at the time that you need it, yeah. you sort of go, "Well, that's not really." Yeah, I don't need to, to read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that's that's awesome advice on both fronts. Yeah. Um, something that I am really passionate about is yeah. making sure that you find that time to reconnect with you, the person yeah. that you were before a mum. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can be hard, particularly yeah. when you're juggling all yeah. of this sort of stuff as well. Yeah. But what is something that you do to reconnect with Alice pre-kids? Yeah. So I, at the moment, like I've always had a passion for like health and wellness. So yeah. for me, it's putting in my diary like even before like I I love um I really love to work out in some way like I honestly don't mind I could go for a walk alone and that is like I love it and I've loved loved that pre pre pre-kids as well so something that I put in my diary when when my husband's home I'd go to a Pilates class or go to a hit class or do even just a workout in the garage alone uninterrupted so that's something that I love to do for myself and every night I always write in my gratitude diary um but it's also got a few sections in there about that you can go back into your past a little bit so and go back so I've been writing on that been writing in that and reflecting a lot on what I used to do pre-children as well so yeah it's a really cool little gratitude diary that I've been working yeah, in yeah that's a really good prompt because yeah. you you think and it's you know Helps obviously you not to forget like we do we do transform and transition into another woman say change fully because we are still there mm. we've always been the person that we are but it's nice to kind of reconnect with your old self in that way. Definitely. Yeah. I think so. it's really important. Too. Yeah. But yeah. even just to catch up with a girlfriend or yeah, like, yeah, like I've got some beautiful friends that don't have children that I've grown up with, with years and even just reconnecting with them. I'm like, wow, like this is so nice to be out with you guys and having a, like, you know, even just having a coffee with someone that, you know, 
Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much needed and very much deserved, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. You have given such an amazing insight into what it was like for you. And I think it is really important to have these conversations so Mm. that somebody who is sitting at home, potentially listening, realizes that you're not alone and that it's normal and irrespective of your birth or your journey or your path. Yeah. If you're struggling, it's completely okay yeah. and it's And it's normal. okay to chat about it with someone, like a yes. professional, like that's, you know, if not, I feel like it. it's even, yeah, maybe a better person speaking up. Even today, sorry, saying some of these things out loud, I'm like, oh, I should just talk to you, Daddy. Oh, you should. <laughs> we can, come on this week, this. We can do this session. <laughs> we'll turn this off and move to the couch yeah, again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. I will pop all of Alice's details in the show notes if you're not already following along for her journey. But thank you again so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> I really commend Alice for opening up and telling us her story, particularly when there can be a lot of judgment and a lot of um, ill views when it comes to people speaking about their connections with their children. And I think it's something to be really conscious of, particularly when you don't know what's happened behind the scenes. There's a few things that I took away from today's conversation. And the first being that pregnancy is beautiful, but it can be challenging. And it's important to remember that you never know what someone's going through. So unless they choose to open up to you about it, it's important not to judge. Birth is also very beautiful, but it can be quite traumatic. And we have spoken about this before. Depending on your situation and the emotions from that experience, it can take some time to heal, regardless of what you've been through. It is personal and everyone deals with it differently. There is no right or wrong. Alice says that guilt is normal and you are not alone. So many women go through these experiences, but it takes some time to open up about it. And it's not something that we share too much as a community. I think there's a few reasons for that. We don't want to scare people, but we also don't want to be judged or feel like a failure. So that's why it's important to create safe spaces and connections where we feel like we can open up and talk about these things. It's okay to feel frustrated with your child. It's okay to harbor feelings of concern or anger or sadness or whatever it is that you're feeling when it comes to your own pregnancy and birth experience. It does not mean that you don't love your child and it does not make you a bad mother. But it is important to find a way to let go how and when you can. Alice's advice for when you go through something like this is to be okay with not being okay. You don't have to put the pressure on yourself to show up for everyone and to be okay with getting help. It takes time. It's not always something you're going to be open to straight away, but it is something to be mindful of. Trust your gut and how you're feeling. And if you feel like you need extra help, do not be afraid to ask for it. As for someone looking in, whether it's a partner, a friend, a family member, If you see your loved one suffering, make sure that you do speak up. Be gentle, be helpful, be calm when you do. Don't attack, but make sure that you raise the topic because maybe they're waiting for you to do it. If you would like to follow more of Alice's journey, you can find her over on Instagram at at Alice in Healthy Land. She has an amazing Instagram full of health and wellness and her parenting journey as well. 
Now, before we wrap up today, I want to give a quick shout out to at the Courtney Diaries, who tagged me in her version of the Me Before Mummy, where she constantly, and when I say constantly, it's a regular thing for her, and I love that, that she takes a sauna and has a listen to the Mummy Republic podcast. Taking time out for yourself where you can is so important, and anything that incorporates your physical and mental well-being is even better. So well done, Hannah, and thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you would like to do the same, you can use the hashtag the me before mummy and tag myself at mummy republic to show me what it is that you do to reconnect with the person that you were before you had kids. It could be a wild night out with friends. It could be five minutes to yourself in the car singing some old school R&B Whatever it is that you do to reconnect with you, because it's important to make sure you do when you can. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself, and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love. And I'll see you next week.